0: There's no such thing as an original story. We've talked about that a lot on this sh- podcast, and we're not going to be really talking about that again today. It's just, see, I'm working on this supernatural romance drama thing, and there were some things that I wanted to put into it, but I felt that they had become tropish, and decided I wanted to do something a bit different. And then I started wondering... Am I just making change for change's sake, or am I actually trying to change it up? Because a lot of media I've been watching lately seems to just be doing that change for change's sake, just so that they can say, hey, look, we did it different. How do I won't do that? So let's try to weed out the difference between the two on today's episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name is Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorsett. And yeah, this is going to be a hard topic to talk about for two reasons. Number one, I don't have any firm answers. I have some feelings and quite a few thoughts. But I think that this is something that the community of fantasy and horror and sci-fi fans are starting to grapple with simply because of the sheer profuseness of content that's out there that when I was growing up, it was so rare to see a sci-fi show or a fantasy show or a horror movie. That was anything other than a slasher that you just kind of rolled with whatever you got because yay, you got something. And now there's choice and decisions and so many options. They were all like, "Hmm, couldn't that be a little bit different?" And maybe it could, and maybe it should be, and maybe it shouldn't be. So, the the, <clears throat> the two shows, because I'm going to be talking about shows more than books, because I just they're, they're the two examples that come immediately to mind when I'm thinking about this, that are great offenders. For what I feel like is change for change's sake, are uh well, The Order, which is getting a second season somehow, and Legacies. Now the Order basically completely rewriting everything, I feel like is a thing that they did just to try to keep everybody off center. Don't get me wrong. I can see where they're kind of taking some of the skinwalker idea and putting it into the werewolf mythology and all of that, but it, it 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 is a true hodgepodge of ideas. Where we have the weird secret society, the magic school, we have the Order of Werewolves, we have a mad scientist who's doing mad scientisty things. We have, and there are golem in there for reasons yeah there is yeah it's just it's just kind of all over the place and done in ways that are just there for the sake of being there and are different just for the sake of being different because if you don't know what's going on you're not going to be able to make guess guesses and that helps to make the story feel less predictable But as I said in the review of The Order back when we originally watched it, it's not that much of a secret society if a kid can just go to the school and then talk to everybody about it and happen to have almost everyone that he talks to about it be a member of said secret society because it's apparently a lot of the school for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, that show had problems. It was interesting. It was fun, but it definitely had problems. And I think that's true for a lot of modern, let's just say supernatural fiction. I'm just going to limit to that right now because we see this in legacies all the time where they take characters that we know and oh, we're going to do it with a twist. And so this character is a Phoenix now, and this character is a fairy now, but Isn't it funny because they're overweight and not attractive, like all fairies usually are. So we're clever, right? And this character is going to be this and that. (sighs) Yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. Fine. I see where you're building from. I see where you're trying to go. Okay. I get it. 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 But at the same time, you need to give some hooks. Yeah, need some handles. You need to have something to grab onto and hold onto. And at least they've been fairly consistent with the vampires and whatnot that were established in the original series that this show has grown out of. But yeah, it's 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 it is what it is. Mo- mother Motherland, 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 Fort Salem the show that I love and am so like befuddled by, like I get the changes that they made. Like witchcraft is different, but similar in this series. And I, I could tell you exactly where the inspiration came from. Somebody was either studying something or reading something about Buddhism or Hinduism. And they got to the idea of the Bija, the seed sounds And went, that's really cool. And what if that was the basis for all witchcraft? And we based our entire witchcraft model off that and dot, 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 dot. And free works for the most part. It's an interesting thing. It changes the way you think about magic spells because there's still a verbal component to it, but it's this resonance that they're making with their voice That is also really interesting because I don't want to give away too much if you haven't seen the show, but apparently only witches are able to make some of these sounds. So, okay. That's interesting. I do need you to explain how those vibrations create magic and how all that's related because, you know, I want a truly hippie episode of the show because that's the only way you're going to get there. It's about the vibes, man. But I get what they're going for. They're trying to be unique. They're trying to stand out. Got it. I'm good. Some of the biggest strengths of the Chilean Adventures of Sabrina is how it doesn't really subvert too much. Satan is Satan. Lilith is Lilith. And they're kind of who they are. I mean, there's not a lot of change done there the witches are witches i I guess the one thing that they did that is different from most witchcraft shows is they they went whole hog in on the idea that witches are part of the church of night which worships the devil and do actually sell their soul to the devil but it's it's fresh in that shows had dropped that trope for a long time but i mean that's as classic as the idea of a witch. So, you know, it, it, it really isn't reinventing the wheel in that way. It's doing that more so through characterization and stylization and how it's telling its stories. And I think there's place for both my concerns when it comes to my own fiction and the work that I'm producing. And what I'm seeing out there is needlessly complicating stories that don't need to be needlessly complicated. Now I know I'm doing a whole series on Picard over on band from Argo, which is my star Trek podcast, which you can go check out, but I just finished a rewatch of star Trek Picard. And one line from Narek just stands out to me because it violates what has been said throughout star, star Trek and Narek says that the story that he's telling them about the end of the world predates their arrival on Vulcan, their ancestors' arrival on Vulcan. And I don't know if this is a mistake and he was meant to say Romulus and they just messed it up and nobody caught it. Or if they're now trying to say that Vulcans didn't originate on Vulcan because, okay, that's new. That's, that's a very new concept that overly complicates a mythology that does not need to be overly complicated. Kind of like the idea that there's a space Cthulhu out there that exists in a parallel dimension that is accessed via a sky beam. And we get kind of a technological terror version of the ending of the first Hellboy movie that, that uh, yeah Del Toro did. The think Guillermo Del Toro did. And that's just change for change's sake. You're trying to keep it fresh. Oh, look, Star Trek can cuss now. Oh, fine. That doesn't make you edgy. That just means that you're allowing blue language in and restricting your audience because some parents will not let their kids watch that. And I wouldn't let my kids watch a lot of Picard because of the gore that I think would give a lot of kids nightmares. They did each have wrong. But... It's not necessary change. It doesn't bring anything fresh. It doesn't bring anything new. So why don't we just do the tropes, right? Well, in some ways that we do just have to do the tropes. If you are writing a romance story, it, it has to have a happily ever after. If it doesn't, there, it's not a romance story. If you're telling a supernatural story, it has to have certain supernatural elements that people have come to expect. It's why everybody thought that Twilight was fancy because the vampires could walk out in the daylight. Well, Lestat can walk out in the daylight too, eventually, after things happen. I'm not going to go through all those. We can have a long, protracted discussion of the Vampire Chronicles at some point, should you like to do it. But it's not new. It's not a fresh idea. It's just something that a lot of people weren't accustomed to and didn't expect because they're used to the vampire who wants to suck your blood and okay oh but the vampire sparkle that 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 that's new and i'm not going to go into it because twilight is what twilight is but it's change for change's sake in her in her case it was her being very clear that she didn't want to do any homework and just called the things that she was making vampires, even though I guess they're snake people. I had a really hard time following that. Anyway, enough of the Twilight stuff. There are some tropes that we do have to keep. I mean, we do. Because they're the ones that define the draw, the, the, the genres that we write in. As long as we're going to be working in genre fiction there are certain tropes you do have to keep. And yes, it can be fun to subvert them if you're smart and clever enough to actually find an interesting way to do that and not to just be like, ha-ha, you thought we were doing the trope, but we weren't, ha-ha. Because that's not subversion, that's just being a a word I can't say because I want to keep my clean tag. But I think y'all know what it is. So when... And I don't want to talk about the specific situation that I'm in, in this thing, because I don't yet. Mainly because I think it's going to be a plot point over who, who all is this thing. But I'll just say there's a supernatural species that I wanted to introduce into the world. I wanted to introduce it into the setting and into the book. And it's one that I feel, especially over the last like five, 10 years, has been so overly done and done in ways that I either enjoyed like with the city of bones books. Cause I, I, I enjoyed those books more than I should have. I, I, I admit that. I openly admit that and done badly in books that I don't care to shame because I'm not that kind of an author, but I feel like I've seen that a lot lately. Same with the, you know, Hot vampire, well, I'm sorry, not vampire, hot dragon dude. I've, yeah, you know, I'm into that. And it's such a trope that it is a specific category of supernatural romance. Yeah, dragon fic. So, yeah, that's definitely a trope. But the other thing that I wanted to include, I it just, I hadn't seen it done in a way that I liked, and I wanted to find a different way to do it. And I really struggled with it for a long time because when I actually figured out how I wanted to do it, it means I am going to be overcomplicating my mythos in two ways. One, I'm going to be introducing a term that for a lot of people will be new. And two, um, I'm going to have to, at some point, explain the origin story in a way that makes sense to the reader without completely derailing the entire story because it is slightly different from the one that one might expect, even though it has similar elements to it. So the, the argument inside my own head was, do I do it or not? Because I think with the thing that I'm wanting to do, which is basically something you see a lot of fantasy and supernatural writers do, where, well, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about one of the cousin species, you know, from a slightly different but related mythology, so I can play around with it in different ways. That's kind of what I'm doing. And that can work when you're being respectful. It's kind of why I did the uh, religion episode last week. Because uh, being respectful for me is really important. And something that I really would like to say about my fiction is that it is respectful of the cultures depicted in it, unless they're Nazi-ish and then they just die because they're Nazis and Nazis are bad. <laughs> just just saying. I have some exceptions to that. I need to be like nice to all cultures role and Nazis are a big exception to that. It don't have to be nice to them. So when I was working this out in my head, I, I came up with a very simple rubric on when it's not just change for change's sake. It's not that I want to include this cousin species that a lot of people probably haven't heard about just be to be, to be like, Ooh, look, Cool. It's because I feel like if I use the other term, I'm bringing a lot of baggage with it that I just don't want, that I don't need to have in my story, and that I feel like I would be fighting against in some ways to tell the story that I want to tell. And that for me makes for a valid justification. This story, for example, has several different kinds of dragons in it because I love dragons (laughs) y'all should know that by now I love dragons and so it has several different kinds of dragons in it and I'm not making any bones about that now my dragons are different from a lot of other people's dragons and similar to some other people's dragons (laughs) because I noticed this since my book The Chain came out there are a lot of dragons that are like the dragons in there and I'm not saying it's because of my book I'm just saying that Ideas sometimes proliferate all at the same time, but have you, I, I, I don't mind calling them dragons because they are dragons. You know what a dragon is? We're good. Okay. I can make the distinctions that I need to make. I don't mind a lot of that baggage coming in. I don't mind it. And same with the use of the words fey and fairy, I, I, I kind of like the baggage that people are bringing with it. I'm okay with that. This other one that I'm not saying, I, I feel like it's going it would burden the story in a way that would distract from the story itself. Because it has certain connotations to it that I don't think there are any way around it in the time frame of the story I'm wanting to tell. And I don't mean like that in like when the story's set, it's just this is a story that's going to take place over like a short period of time. And I feel like if I'm fighting people's expectations for how a particular group should work, then it's just been, it's it's going to be problematic for me. It may not be to any readers. It may not be to any readers whatsoever, but For me, I'm going to have, every time I type those words, I'm going to have a certain thought in my own head, and that's going to work against the story. So since that's the case, it is a change that needs to happen. I'm mixing it up. I'm changing things up so that the story can stay fresh and stay true to its own identity. And I'm sure a lot of other writers that... I feel just changed things up for change's sake did the exact same thing, but eh, you know, I can't get into every writer's head and I would never claim to, but I think that that's what makes sense for me. Cause if I say that so-and-so is a, you know, a Bavanchi, most people don't know what that is. And so when the Valentine's day story came out years ago, back when the chain came out, a lot of people ask questions about what a Bavanchi was. And I had to explain and go through like Celtic lore and all this. And I had a lot of fun with that. And so I'm not opposed to doing that. And so, yeah, but the, that character was not introduced for the sake of complexity. It was because I wanted to write a story about a Bavanchi. (laughs) And so I did. And I'm not stuttering. There's a difference between a Bavanchi and a Banshee. They're different things. They're very different things. Anywho, I hope this was helpful. I really do. I hope all these are helpful. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, down in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean so I can use it on the show. I would love to hear from you. You can also hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. I am ce Dorset on both. You can find links to everything that I do over at ProjectShadow.com. Yeah. If you've got a dollar, you can pass my way. In the show notes, you'll find a link both to listener support and my Patreon. Thank you so much to everybody who does that. It means the world to me. If you don't have any money right now or you don't feel like giving, don't worry about it. I completely understand. And empathize. Because there's a lot of... Patreons, I would like to be giving money to, and I just don't have the funds for that right now. But if you do know anybody you think would like anything that I do, please share it with them. That helps out more than you know. Alrighty, I think that's it for me today. Until next time, stay well, stay safe, and don't forget to have the fun. Bye.